Ultra. Welcome back to Cornetto Minute, the soon-to-be daily podcast where we will analyze and celebrate Edgar Wright's Cornetto trilogy one minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez, assistant manager. And today we are joined from the Savage Land podcast and Living Dead Minute. We have Jason Hammonds, uh, Matthew, Rachel. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. I got lost for a second there. <laughs> I know, you threw me off. <laughs> What's my name? How's it going, guys? Good. Thanks for uh thanks for joining us and oh, uh, thanks for having us. It's 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 uh, you know, when I when I realized this was the episode that had the uh the the Resident Evil sort of uh thing going on through it, um I was like I got to get the Living Dead minute guys on for this. Um, we love ourselves some zombies. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, today we are talking about uh, episode three of season one, art, uh, and uh, it's uh, this one. This one, I I consider this one a bona fide classic as far as uh, spaced episodes go. It's um, definitely it's definitely a landmark episode, not only of spaced, I believe. But uh, it's kind of like the tabula rasa of the Edgar Wright filmography. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like in, in this 20 minutes, you kind of get the whole the whole enchilada, so to speak. Yeah, yeah you really do. And and it's and it's um, I think the uh, it, it's the first episode of the series that feels like a complete episode as well. Like we talked about in the first and second episodes. Um, the first episode is like really like it, it's it's literally a joke in the episode that the entire episode is exposition. Um, and then the second episode is just like kind of getting to know the characters. And that's basically it um, as far as uh, like how they interact with each other and everything with the party. And then this feels like the first sort of like legitimate sitcom episode. Um uh, you know, with a uh, actual situation to derive comedy from. So um, I'm uh, I'm I'm excited to get into it. So uh, what we open with this shot that is um, a repeat of the original reveal shot of the apartment uh, from episode one, which was the first shot of the entire series. Um, this sort of like door opening POV shot. And uh, and now we're getting sort of a repeat of that, only it's uh, all uh, dark and shadowy and uh, middle of the night. And uh, we get Tim uh, hunting for something, uh, as it seems, with this uh, uh, with this shotgun that is uh, really, really lightweight, apparently, um, because he's just hopping all over the place with it uh, and. Yeah, I, it reminds me of uh, the the weight of it in his hand. Um, it, it should have been a dead giveaway that it was. Uh, this is like a play on a video game because it 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 the way he moves with it reminds me of a light gun, um, a lot and uh, hmm. uh, especially like that OG uh, Nintendo light gun, like the Duck Hunt gun, um, is kind of what it reminds me of. It just seems like a really really lightweight uh, shotgun to me, um, but. Uh, 
It's just how how swiftly he's able to whip around, Mm -hmm. uh, like do like doing like one eighties. Yeah, that's sort of that's uh, that's kind of a classic motif of of Hollywood. I think I think one of the great lies is that they've sold us just how easy it is to carry around and fire really big guns. Mm Hmm. Yeah, it seems so. Um, We'll get an uh, Evil Dead. We get an Evil Dead two poster like almost immediately. Yep, absolutely. Um, although it's not my favorite use of the Evil Dead Two poster that comes in a later episode um, in our with our introduction to Colin. Uh, sure, but but uh, no, but it's good. And there's like a lot of references to to uh, Evil Dead and um, the uh, Romero movies in here, as far as uh, especially the way that the zombies look look like they they walked right out of Dawn of the Dead. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then well what, and also what's interesting about this and I, I want to talk about this in the grander scheme of the episode as we go along but uh, this was originally this sort of zombie runner was supposed to originally be part of episode four which is the uh, the paintball episode and so you can kind of see like oh okay so there was like yeah it's the paintball episode and then you're shooting zombies and. Yeah, like you can sort of make that connection, but I actually think it it ends up having a deeper connection to this episode. So I'm glad that they uh, they kept it here. Um, but uh, yeah, they did originally. It was in the original draft for episode four, and then they moved it to this one because um, they wanted a stronger open for episode three. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I really like this 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 uh, this opening sequence. Um, this sort of uh, I guess he's I guess Tim is uh, like on uppers and uh, he's on speed. Yeah, hasn't been able to sleep, and and the the effects of which wear on him throughout the entire length of this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I feel like so many times in sitcoms, it's like I'm drunk, and then the next scene, just like there's no repercussions. Right. So <laughs> I like that he's just, just, yeah. just shaking this off the whole time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you guys think of this opening sequence? I love it. Yeah. Um, it's It was always one of my favorite things. It, I think it was the moment where I fell in love with the show, honestly. Mm-hmm. Just because I would imagine if you were on speed and playing Resident Evil all night, you would start to freak out. The way he does, and I don't know why. I just think that's hilarious. <laughs> Wait, was was he really on speed? Did I miss that? Yeah, he was on speed the oh, okay. whole that's, episode. That's that's, yeah, that's <laughs> some some uh, that's why he was hallucinating. Some Scottish people that they met in a bathroom or something. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, made them buy speed. Oh, in episode two, <laughs> yeah, he he didn't want to be impolite, yeah. and he was worried that they would beat them to death. Right. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so he took the speed. Good man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no. So here's because I'm not I'm not like a uh, I'm not a spaced super fan. I've only I've only seen like this episode and a couple of others. Uh, I'm curious these camera angles and and crazy things that Edgar Wright is doing in this episode. Is that an effect of uh, him being on speed, or is that just what Edgar like? Is that just the style of the show in general? It's 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 very much in the well. What's so crazy about this moment, the, this opening scene is it's kind of operating on layers and like the layers only get bigger like the later that you watch it like at the time now it's like oh that's funny the guy from Shaun of the Dead but like the it's not just doing 
uh, it's doing Resident Evil, which is inspired by Romero, which is inspired by like Sam Raimi. So like the camera angles are very much like whip panning kind of like a like a video game. And we even see it mm -hmm. like switch to like first person. So, mm -hmm. no, it, it doesn't have this exact uh, style every episode, but it does kind of lean into like it's almost like it's doing like cover versions of other styles mm -hmm. sometimes it's definitely more heightened than what he normally does although that that pov shot is taken right out of uh evil dead 2 mm. um that's that's used a lot in evil dead 2 and mm. and then it's actually it recurs in Shaun of the dead because they do they do a similar thing i think behind the bar at a certain point right um, yeah in the in the in the winchester they end up doing a, a a pov shot just like that um which is uh which is pretty great um but and then we yeah get, over, like, with, yeah the uh, oh go ahead go ahead what were you gonna say i was gonna say and with simon Pegg delivering you know when tim delivers one-liners after killing every zombie that's almost like mm -hmm. a proto version of the hot fuzz joke yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Well, and then and then the other thing, too, that I think is really interesting about this sequence is that um, this was the first sequence edited uh, in in the show, uh, because when they were at the rap party, um, a crew member uh, who I can only imagine must be the DP. I'm not I'm not sure because Wright wouldn't say who it was that said this, but they said but Scott that, Corelli uh, says it was the DP. <laughs> I, well, because it doesn't make sense for it to be anyone else. Oh, okay. um, but but uh, he, he said, uh, Wright was like, yeah, well, it was, show went pretty well, right? And the guy goes, yeah, but I mean, I'm not going to put any of it on my reel. Uh, and that really pissed Edgar Wright off. And he left the party early and then went and just like, f like angry edited this sequence in the movie, uh. in the show as like the first <laughs> thing to ever, uh, be edited together from yeah. the show. And that, That's that amazing. just almost sounds like it, it, it's like in a, it's like the scene in the Ray Charles movie where like a woman literally yells at Ray, like hit the road, Jack. And don't you come back no more, which I was like, hey, that could be that could be and he runs off to like record it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I love Ray. <laughs> um I I was gonna say, like it's it's just it's funny watching how the show is shot, because I can see uh Edgar Wright kind of in the early stages of learning how to be Edgar Wright. Mm -hmm. but not quite hitting the mark with like some of the things that he does with with camera movements and with like you know just just some of those Edgar Wright trademark things mm -hmm. um and so it's it's funny it's almost like fresh out of film school or whatever Edgar Wright uh taking taking the training wheels off and kind of wobbling a little bit before he gets on the bike yeah well he considers this uh his his uh film school because he didn't he didn't go to like college or anything he gotcha. he uh Right out of, uh, you know, whatever the whatever the British equivalent of high school is, uh, he went and directed that uh, Fistful of Fingers feature. Mm. And then uh, that kind of like fell on its face. But he got a job in television um, working on like sketch shows and then went from one sketch show to another sketch show. And then he did like this big Christmas special thing that I guess was uh, pretty important. British um, people love their Christmas specials. Yeah, and then from that, uh, he joined up with uh, with with Peg and uh, 
uh, yeah. Nate Stevenson. Yeah. And then he got pegged, as they say. Yeah, yeah I believe right. he was 20, 24 at, like, when filming the first season of this mm-hmm. series of this. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Um, yeah, I mean, he, at 24, the fact that he's, I mean, he's still learning on this show. And you're right. Like, it's, it's a little wobbly, but it's all kind of there. Like, the vision is there. It's just that the execution quite, isn't quite there yet. Yeah, he's um, he's he's making a nice wooden sculpture. He just still needs some whittling before it takes its full shape, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as they say, as the, as everybody says when describing whittling? things. Whittling, just just whittling, whittling some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I um I do uh, I I love this uh, this gag with uh, with Daisy um, sneaking up on him and sort of snapping him out of this uh, Resident Evil mode, um, and then he turns back to the game and gets eaten. Uh, I, yeah. I just, I love that effect. That was, I think that's a really, uh, cool transition the way that that's sort of all paced. You know, what, what's fun about this going back to this show is with now with, with baby driver, he, he, Edgar Wright seems to be just getting more and more refined and more and more polished. So it kind of is fun to, to go back and want and see this kind of really silly raggedy like you know, the zombies all being real at the end and like coming to get him and Jim's like ah like it's just so unabashedly silly and mm-hmm. it's just it's it, it's I don't know it's something that's kind of maybe it kind of has to but it, it's kind of dulled with age and his subsequent projects so it's it's kind of like when you go back and listen to early Beck and he's just like yodeling at you <laughs> mm-hmm. what no early Beck is super good <laughs> I, I love early Beck here we go Matt's about to die on his sword <laughs> <laughs> There, Let me die on my. There are very few eras of Beck that I don't that I don't love a lot. Mm. Um, I contend that there's very few eras of Beck that I do love. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. I'm fine. But with you, Beck. Okay. but you really right. care about one of them. Yeah, there's one of them that I am super passionate about. Yeah, it's whatever his most recent album was called. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. Um, I got I got I got a query for you guys because I have uh, my. I don't, what's the DSS? I don't know what that stands for. There's that oh, gag. Oh, DSS well, that's that's a that's a reference to the conversation, which is a Francis Ford Coppola movie. Um, uh, yeah. about surveillance gotcha. and. But what does DSS stand for, guys? That's the question. Do we know? Uh, Defense mm. Security Service, Diplomatic Security well. Service. <laughs> to just make stuff up. Yeah, let's make stuff up. I yeah. don't. Uh, it doesn't. Matter. I don't know off the top of my head. <laughs> I didn't think to look that up, but. Uh, it is. I know that it's a reference to the conversation, and that guy's supposed to be Gene Hackman. Defense Security oh, Service. Okay. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, the one joke that uh, doesn't. I. I don't quite. I mean, I. I get what the joke is, but I. I'm like, I don't know why it's. I'm not sure why it's funny. I guess. Like, I'm a little confu- baffled by it, but it's the Cassandra the psychic joke. Oh, where she gives him his own number. I, I love this joke. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, she gives him his own number, but does she, or was he so high on speed that he wrote down his number and just kept it? I think it's open for interpretation. Yeah. That, yeah. That's why I'm a little baffled by it, I guess, because I don't know which part is the joke. That's, that's a very, that's why I, I love just the Tina Fey style of comedy writing is because if you watch like Kimmy Schmidt or 30 Rock, they do leave like you you do leave jokes questioning stuff uh-huh like like wait is kenneth actually this like ageless being or like did, <laughs> oh, did, right. did, like, did <laughs> titus eat dion warwick you know it's like 
I kind of like that stuff. Yeah. Um, I, uh, this, this bit with Daisy saying, I, I miss my boyfriend. I miss Richard. I'm going to go visit him. Don't try and stop me, Tim. I just, I, <laughs> yeah. I just love how much this show hates Richard for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Cause especially later on when she's like, did anybody call your boyfriend? Did anybody important call? Right. No. <laughs> yeah. The poor guy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, he's into weird stuff. He wants to call her Daisy Duke and be called Boss Hog. I mean, that's weird. Yeah. That, super that's weird. True. Wait, do you guys Wait, not do that? weird? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Um, I thought that was normal. So that's I, I uh, all the time we got today. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So I'm trying to remember what happens like literally next. Is it? Uh, she leaves and uh, Brian enters with a mom. Yeah. So she, yeah, she goes, she gets a really sick job interview, right? For, for a magazine. Mm-hmm. And while she's gone. For flaps. For flaps. For flaps. <laughs> for flaps. <laughs> Woman's magazine, yeah. which is amazing. <laughs> And, amazing uh, and horrifying um <laughs> yes it's a lot of feelings but yeah yeah but i i yeah. still love it mm-hmm. and, I, I, and I, I and i love her sequence when she's looking throughout all the magazines that's and, what i was gonna say and, my, i i i doubly appreciate that because that is exactly how i research things <laughs> to the t like you, oh my god i've got 10 minutes flip through as fast yeah. as possible oh i thought you just went to the magazine stand and, and i go to the magazine and, stand and, and flip through huge uh, fat cocks <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just, it's a good palate cleanser between researching. Mm-hmm. That, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> I do the same thing. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and while Daisy's doing that, uh, Brian visits Tim, who is still sitting on the, on his beanbag watching, I mean, playing Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, By again, the way, like, have it- yeah. Have, have any have any of you guys played the original uh, Resident Evil games? I mean, this is this is Resident Evil yes. Two. Yeah, uh, yeah, I yes. played them all. It is the I I have ne- every time I've played Resident Evil. Like I remember, uh, th- this takes me back to like going to my friend's house and watching him play because anytime I tried to play, my character just walked in circles because I couldn't figure out the controllers <laughs> at all. <laughs> Um, well, Rachel it was like what, that what, weird just inverted the controls thing. in that in that game overall were horrible. Oh yeah, yeah, they, they were bad. They never went where you wanted mm-hmm. them to go. You'd push forward and you just walk in a circle, and I didn't understand why anyone would want that. <laughs> I relate really strongly to that, Scott, because I I think video games is one of the few like things that I've gotten better at with age in mm-hmm. terms of like skills. Like I'm already, yeah. Like I, I was just like I remember being so baffled by people beating games when I was a kid. Yeah, same. Yeah, I, I've never beaten a video That's game. Odd. That's a confession of mine. Wow. Uh are never. You, are you kidding? I'm dead serious. The there's there's the only games that I've ever like sort of gotten to the end on are um the Batman Arkham games. But even then, I've never like gone through and done all the side quest stuff. No, yeah, well, that's yeah. that's fine. That's yeah, that's fine. That's not this. That's that, not, that, yeah. The story okay, is what so always counts for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, uh, so then, in that case, I've beaten three video games. Oh, okay. Nice. Fair Good enough. Job. <laughs> well, at least you've beaten them. Yeah, yeah, I beat the game. You can't. You can't beat me. Video game system. I beat you. 
The yeah, that's how it works. Beat, yeah. <laughs> the first game I beat was uh, actually Kingdom Hearts on the PlayStation 2. Oh. First game I beat was the original Metroid. Yeah, I was going to say, first game I beat was, uh, uh, yeah, that or, what, what was the game, you're, you, what's the Game Boy Metroid? Metroid 2? Metroid 2. Mm. <laughs> Mine is uh, yeah. Turtles in Time. Yeah, that's what I beat. That was my oh, hell first yeah. turtle game to beat. Turtles in Time all the way down. Mm-hmm. I played that game. Wait, are we all old and stuff, Rach? I, I guess we're old, Matt. <laughs> Rachel. Well, that's also also what I was like talking about when I first watched Space. Like, oh yeah, I first watched it back in 2004, and I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. That's horrible. <laughs> Wait, yeah, Turtles in Time is not like that's that's still an old game. That's that's from the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Okay. I we had Atari. Oh, boy. <laughs> Rachel, were you where in the world is Carmen San Diego on Apple IIe? <laughs> when you beat when you beat Metroid, did you know before it happened that that Samus was a girl? I had no idea, and I was the happiest little girl oh, ever. That's amazing. <laughs> like seriously, I yeah, it's one of my favorite games. I have a Metroid tattoo. Like, oh nice. I'm I'm all in. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm old, apparently. Ugh. Yeah, who uh, let, who I, let I these can... old grandparents on the microphone? Jeez. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm watching can, here's, here's the thing, though. I can empathize with uh, Tim's character here, because I remember the first time I went through and played the first Resident Evil, and it scared the pants off me. Mm-hmm. Especially, it was scary. Especially that when you just walk into the hallway and that dog jumps through the window. Yep. Yeah. Every time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, I I also relate to Tim in the next episode with Tomb Raider. Oh uh, mm-hmm. yeah. How he just yeah. drowns her. Absolutely. And I think he calls her like a big titted bitch or something. <laughs> which he I, he certainly does. <laughs> yes. I, so I I've called her so many names yeah. that it just makes me so happy. Uh, so yeah, Brian they, uh, gets uh gets an invitation. Uh, to something and I love the gag of him reading it heavily and then it just says come uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's a great gag um, I, I like the the I opened it because we both have eyes in our names yeah. uh-huh. joke as well <laughs> um, I don't know why and then we're introduced to Volva uh, mm-hmm. Brian's non-gender p- specific ex which is a very sort of ahead of its time kind of thing. That's what um, I was going to say. A, yeah. I, I, I would give it a firm kind of because they, they then refer to that said person with a derogatory term. Well, so. one of them does, but the other yeah. one is very progressive. So, so you know, you can't, to a certain extent, you can't blame the char- the show for something a character says. Um, no, I'm not not faulting it. Yeah. Just pointing it. Oh out. no, no, absolutely. But 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 yeah, it d- that line definitely does make me uncomfortable every time I watch yes. it. I, but, and, but yes. But yeah, go on. I, I was just gonna say, uh, in, in agreeance with Scott, like it's at this time in especially in pop culture, it was not often, if at all, you would ever hear somebody mention how somebody was non-gender specific. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that just sure. didn't exist at the time because it was it was either, you know, the derogatory term that they use or uh, or nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I do admire that because, yeah, like my my ears definitely perked up too without, you know, with my with my 2017 brain. But mm-hmm. uh, I do admire that the the episode or, you know, Peg and Peg and Hines and A. Stevenson and I guess to an extent, right, choose not to have vulva 
be <laughs> like the the fact that she is non-gender binary isn't like w- like why she gets her comeuppance or like something that she is punished for by episodes and it's and right. I, I do i do like that uh mark's attraction for for the character is uh is treat he plays it very straight which mm-hmm. i think helps it from not being like cringy which which can happen a lot with with comedies as you go back and watch them unfortunately yeah when you're when you're dealing with uh non-gender specific people it's best to play it straight that was a that was a joke it was a bad pun did you get sure. it <laughs> no i think it was worth it uh, yeah, <laughs> it was <laughs> Uh, anyway, well, that's been the Cornetto. <laughs> um, so, and, uh, uh, so and, and just Volv- a bit of background. Yeah, before we go, oh, are, you, are you about to talk oh. about who plays Volva? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Was, yeah, we're we are. On yeah, the yeah. Same I was just gonna page. bring up that uh, Volva is played by David William, who Williams. is he, or Williams is uh, is uh, an actor. He's a comedian who um, joined up with. Uh, Matt, uh, what Matt Lucas, Lucas right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Aldo. they formed a sort of comedy troupe thing. Um, and they're actually the ones who discovered Edgar Wright, uh, which I did not uh, know until yeah, very recently. They they um, were two people in the audience that went to go see Fistful of Fingers back when it was playing in that one theater, right? For like <laughs> a week or something like that. Um, and they uh, they gave him uh, this his first job on. Um, the uh their their sketch show that they were starting um which is pretty and, cool uh and what show but he's would also Lucas go on to star in scott uh oh well doctor who but also david mm-hmm. william was on doctor who he was in the episode god complex um oh i like that episode and uh yeah oh wait he's also he's also the britain's got talent guy that's funny mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and then Did Volva, the character is based on a performance artist named lee bowery uh, who's an Australian performance artist who uh, would do a, a performance piece in which his uh, female assistant, he would come out as like a very large, like in drag, as like a very large woman, and then would begin the performance art piece and would eventually start giving birth. Uh, and his assistant was strapped to his body under his costume and then he would give birth to his nude female assistant who was covered <laughs> in fake blood and sausages and then he would bite the umbilical cord uh and Ooh. and that was their whole uh piece wow. uh mm. yeah deep C- Ooh. crazy Ooh, um inside uh, land and he, he went on to uh he 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 uh, right. he died very young at 33 um, oh, from uh, AIDS complications, but in his last seven months, he married his uh, his assistant, which was really unexpected by everyone because he would he was openly gay. So it was a really interesting situation that no mm-hmm. one really knows uh, why or how or yeah, what the what what happened there. But uh, who can control the heart of an artist, Scott? Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Sometimes Lee Bowery, we call that if you, the hardest. <laughs> yeah, if you look up Lee Bowery, uh, I mean, yeah, it's just it's just vulva, like basically straight up. Um, <laughs> so it's interesting. I hope I hope the sequel to Baby Driver is called Straight Up Vulva. <laughs> <laughs> we can only hope. Um, or or the name of my new all girl. Boom! Oh, oh there's a re- killer. There's a really good. Uh, there, there's a really good Sydney Quattro reference 
uh, in this yes. episode. <laughs> Susie Quattro, my bad. Um, so the uh, I I like how specific Tim is with the with the pot that he gives Daisy. Oh yeah, the split um, like the yeah the East African he, yeah right. And she's like, ah, it makes me paranoid. And I was just thinking, like, I don't know a lot about pot, but I feel like if there's a lot of explanation about where it comes from and you get you tend to get paranoid on pot, maybe that's not the pot you want to be smoking. Um, It just seems to me uh, because, yeah, instant paranoia. Um, I. I, my favorite bit of the paranoia joke is just when the camera zooms in and out of like the cat calendar. <laughs> that was really yes. good. That was great. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so this um, job interview that she goes on and she's like staring at the person she's next to and uh, asks about her shoes. Um, and there's that whole joke about it being somebody, somebody else's shoes, but you know, designer stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, I, I just want to go ahead and real quick. Uh, I, I personally think Daisy picked a uh, kick-ass interview outfit. I thought she was. Oh yeah. Looking, looking very hip and very professional. Her hair looks awesome too. Yeah. It's killer. Go Daisy. Um, I'd, I'd hire her. Definitely. Uh, this uh, this woman during the interview, um, this uh, woman is played by Claire Rushbrook. Uh, who she does when Daisy leaves and we'll talk about the interview in, in detail as well. But when she leaves, she does that. She flashes the, the peace sign and says girl power, um, which is a really embarrassing thing to do at a, at a post feminist magazine, I suppose. Um, but it's also like a weird oblique reference to Claire Rushbrook who starred in spice in spice world. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is uh, interesting. And then she's also from Doctor Who. She was in uh, The Impossible Planet and The Satan Pit. Um, I I like those. I know you do. Uh, <laughs> because because, because I'm a cat. <laughs> Points. Point. Sorry, it's a it's a very if you're a, if you're a Doctor Who nerd, it's a, it's a very dis- divisive episode. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. It's it just is. so funny that like. That, that immediately was like, oh yeah, I know you love those two episodes of a very long-running television show. <laughs> yeah, it's just a funny thing. You guys have been hosting podcasts too long together. Oh true. yeah, it's true. Finishing each other's sandwiches. Uh, <laughs> uh, so many sandwiches. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, but this this interview is uh, absolutely painful. I love the detail of the of of Claire like putting the lotion on her hands as she's talking and not looking at her. Uh, yeah. It is just I have been on so many interviews exactly like this, and it is. It was like it was giving me the willies just. Oh yeah, w- watching this it makes me antsy. It's weird. You don't want to see Scott when he's on the willies. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. I, the the set of this interview looks like something out of like a late '90s music video. Uh huh. <laughs> totally. The whole the whole show kind of looks like it's set in the background of like uh like a like a blur video. Uh huh. Just the it's like oh these are what the people that are walking past blur as they're singing or doing in their lives when they're not in a blur video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've got a lot of this like really like fisheye lens type thing and like they mm-hmm. they keep putting the um was it like Vaseline they used to put on lenses to oh yeah to make things look foggy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um stuff like that. It's 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 very much you're right. Like it's it's so 
it's shot so much like a blur music video that it's a little <laughs> ridiculous. But I love mm-hmm. it. Um, uh, really like Brian's uh, outfit montage. Uh, that's oh really yeah, it's just your next level uh, improv work by Mark. I, I don't even know it was improv, but just the yeah, I thought Mark Heap was just brilliant in that little moment in that scene. Mm-hmm. His outfits were are all so absurd. Uh, and, and it's so it's the, my favorite part about it, I think is just like that he's going through very specific sort of emotional responses to practicing seeing vulva and, and they're, they're the kinds of responses that you've seen a million times in all kinds of movies. But usually when you do, when they're doing that, the outfits that they're wearing are sort of matching what the response to the person they're practicing speaking to is going to be. And so like, if they're like all business, they will be in a suit or if they're, you know, talking to them, uh, like casually, they will be like in a really casual outfit, but none of his outfits match even remotely the way he's speaking to, you know, quote unquote vulva. And so it's, it makes the scene that much better because I can't make any like they obviously the outfits make sense to to Brian, but watching it like I have no idea why he's dressing any particular way for any particular situation. Like none of it makes any yeah. sense. That's I really awesome. like that. Yeah. Mm. Um, have you ever so much about? So many great Mark moments are when he's not around any other character in the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, That's how my so- life goes, I think. I mean, like, anytime I, <laughs> something happens, nobody's there to witness it, so no one believes me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when Brian finally comes over uh, because he's uh, wanting to get a second opinion on the outfit that he's chosen, uh, and he asks if he should lose the vest... <laughs> And Tim says, I think you should burn it because if you lose it, you could find it again. (laughs) I absolutely love that. It's so mean. Oh, it's so mean. But I I just I'm like, oh, man. So all the fire emojis. That's 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 all that I want to send to that. That is. Oh, man. That is such a burn. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah. I like how kind of vaguely antagonistic. Tim is with Mark sometimes just kind of like like when he's just like so like are you going are you leaving or like are you going like when he's like just like leave my apartment right now mm-hmm uh, right yeah um uh, I also really like the scene where uh where Daisy is uh sort of regaling Tim with how the interview went and the whole revelation of like did you do this and she's like, yeah. yeah. Yes. He's like, oh God. <laughs> um, like he can, he has that secondhand embarrassment, you know, um, that, yeah. uh, that's, that's always rough. Like when I, I have trouble watching some shows when like they're, when something's happening that is like skin crawlingly embarrassing, I like have to like pause it or do something else for a second because I'm like, I can't even, I, I get real bad secondhand embarrassment. Uh, I, I do the exact same thing. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> just makes your skin crawl. Where you're like, yeah. oh, God. you can absolutely picture yourself in that situation, and it's awful. Oh yeah, um, that, that's always been one of my 
hardest things watching either iteration of the office uh especially mm-hmm. though the ricky gervais version is you're just like sitting there like no stop please just stop doing what you're doing stop right now like <laughs> it just yeah it, oh. <laughs> it's it's rough it's rough <laughs> um uh so have then we, we oh go ahead have we gotten to the resident evil uh cutscene moment yet uh which one where it like sh- it like shows it like sets up like the dialogue from Resident Evil that Tim's gonna use later on. Oh yeah, I think that I yeah I think that that happened. Okay, um, I just really this feels like the first gen space is like the first wagon to come from the generation of storytellers that grew up with video games. Mm-hmm. Like I mm-hmm. feel like some it's it's so obvious. I was just watching a movie the other day about characters in a video game company and it was just so obvious that even someone that's never worked in video games that like the video games wasn't like a part of this writers or this these storytellers is like personal history growing up and i feel like in this scene you really kind of see like oh yeah this is the dude that's gonna make like scott pilgrim someday you know yeah absolutely absolutely yeah, it is. Um, it is very interesting, like the the ways that video games have impacted storytelling in both film and TV, because it is like it is definitely traceable right around this era where all of a sudden, like you you kind of see some of the video game influences on all of like media coming out where you mm-hmm. didn't see that as much before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So then we go to the art exhibit. Uh, exhibit exhibition. I don't know. Yeah, um, whatever it was, and she's all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they go <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Ra- Sorry, Rachel. That was so random. Yeah, I was gonna say Rachel really liked that <laughs> reference. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> um, so we go. We go to this uh, this performance piece, and it is uh, absolutely bananas. And I think. My my favorite thing about it is that it starts and you're just like, what is this? And then just the hard cut to two hours later and they're just they're just yes. screaming on stage. It's- this, this 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 does have my favorite my favorite joke in this whole episode where they show up, they sit down, the lights turn off. And as soon as they uh, come back on, which is like half a second, Tim's fast asleep on her, <laughs> yeah. on her shoulder. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and then uh, I, 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 it yeah, also I has want- one of my favorite subtle jokes, which is that uh, when we go to the two hours later and we're sort of like going panning across uh, the, the group and seeing their reactions to this thing. Uh, Tim is in the back tying something together. And then you'll see later that he's actually tied two girls hair together. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, and this is on me, if it is, I thought it was uh, a guy and a girl and they just both. Uh, oh, possibly, that's what I think possibly. too. Okay. Yeah. I think it is too. Yeah. yeah. It's two people with long hair. Let's just say that. Well, sure, here's not? what's yeah. funny. I did not. I did not. Mi- I did not notice him tying something in the background. But I did see when their hair was tied together. I thought, in my head, I was like, okay, that couple is definitely at this performance, and they have tied their hair together as sort of some <laughs> statement that they are <laughs> making as a couple. And of course, they would be at a weird show like this. <laughs> Everything makes so much sense with the crowd. But. <laughs> Well, you're wrong. Yeah, Tim is no. Tim is angrily Tim. tying their hair together. I, know. <laughs> I really like desperately to find something 
more interesting to do than to watch this uh, performance yeah. piece. <laughs> and then there's the moment where we get to, while they're still watching the show, we see each of their inner thoughts, and just Tim is still thinking of zombie of zombie one liners. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's. Uh, I I just I I love. And then that joke of the, it's not finished. No, it's yeah. finished. <laughs> is <laughs> I, 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 that's probably one of the, my most like quoted lines from this show is that, uh, because, uh, I, I think I do it at every Marvel movie now, um, during the credits because <laughs> <laughs> we all I, know that it's not perfect. finished. Yeah. What, who are the people that freaking? 10 years in at this point are still walking out of the theater before the freaking final credits. What, what, what is wrong with people? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't will know. say there are, we, I, it's totally acceptable though. Your second time around to be like, I don't need to see Thanos again. Sure. Of course. But yeah. when it's like opening night, you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's true. So when I was living in San Francisco, I did see some performance art shows like, this. Oh, oh yeah. man. And <laughs> tell us everything. It, um it really i mean this is a pretty accurate representation if you get you get uh who knows what's going on on stage and it can be anything from um yeah it's just somebody yelling screaming inane words to just weird like flopping around on stage (laughs) or like you know bringing out pianos and you know playing them with body parts or i mean it's just it's very bizarre but the crowd scene is what I like the most is because you do because I'd be sitting in crowd in the crowd and you would get a handful of people wrapped to in attention to what was going on on stage. Like this was the deepest, most meaningful thing they've ever seen in their entire <laughs> life. And then people like me who are just sitting there like, why did I say yes to this? <laughs> well, um, yeah. and, and the great thing about yeah. that is I have I have been both daisy and tim during these sure like i have i have been to like you know hey my friend's doing this like thing we should go and get drinks after and just for whatever reason like i'm you know you're emotionally in the right place and you're just like i get you like i see your journey <laughs> <laughs> and then of course there were nice we were just like oh this is just the most pretentious you know and this is very much an episode about uh, a young person's relationship with pretension and like art and you know is it all bullshit does it mean something you mm-hmm. know and and you can kind of what what I what I really got from watching this episode especially listening to the to the the final Kevin Smith commentary guys uh yeah we, thank we, god we, we did it oh. uh <laughs> but you get there's something so beautiful about watching a piece of art made by people who are kind of living the lives of their characters when they made it. And you can feel the, even though it's like a very lighthearted, funny show, you do, you can really feel the like immediacy and the, the passion that you really can only have for like, you know, it's like a comet for this one part in your life, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just, I just love it. I, I, I you can, the, the show has kind of the, is in the same headspace as it, as its characters. Mm-hmm. Like That's it's not funny. a show that takes place in the past. It's not a nostalgic show. It's like about where their lives are right now. Mm-hmm. And it's why I think series two doesn't work quite as well as series one, because mm. series two was made by successful professionals. Um, whereas series one, they were literally who they were 
uh, yeah. in real life who they were on the show. Um, you know, Nick Frost, like literally, uh, quit a job at a Mexican restaurant, uh, to star in spaced. Um, so it has a, this first series has a very different vibe to it. Yeah. A really and special like, vibe. Yeah. I think. And at the time, like Jessica Hines was a writer in London that wasn't sure if she was like wasting her life on this like silly dream to like be an artist. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a theme in this episode of um, pretension, but I think it's like um, it, it's sort of like pretension through conformity uh, mm. because every time you see the pretentious people, uh, you know, even Volva, who when we're introduced to her sort of stands out amongst everyone else. But when you put her in the room with all the other pretentious people, she fits right in. And so then, then you realize like, oh, like all of these pretentious people, like the woman at the, at the job interview and, and Volva and Hoover, they all <laughs> sort of conform to each other. Even if they, they stand out on their own, they're still conforming with each other. And I think that's why the zombie thing fits into here because it's essentially saying that like, you know, Tim can see through all the bullshit is speed gives him the superpower to see through all the bullshit and see these people as the zombies that they really are. Um, and I, uh, I like that a lot. I think that that makes this episode really special that all of these, uh, sort of storylines kind of thematically, uh, you know, go together like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, uh, I think I always, I always think, I think with every sitcom, the third, it, it, it's one thing to care about the guy and the girl and if they're going to kiss. But mm -hmm. if a, a sitcom can get you to care about the supporting characters as much as the leads, I think that's how you know that you have something. Like, like the first time you care about Creed as much as you do Jim and Pam, like the first time you care about, you know, uh, Rashida Jones's character on Parks and Rec. And I think this episode, <laughs> you know, you really do. If you if, if you didn't before, I I like how much this episode makes you care about Mark and uh, Marsha, you know, like the, your heart kind of breaks a little bit whenever Mark walks right past Marsha at the party. Why? Why do you keep yes. calling him Mark? It's Brian. Brian. OK, Mark Heap. I'm sorry. Yeah, the Mark is the name. actor. And yeah, I'm sorry. But he's like the only one you were referring to as the actor's name. <laughs> he just looks he's like just a too Mark attached. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just too attached to it as a person. Um, Hoover uh, is uh, the actor who plays Hoover. Again, another. He's from Game of Thrones, uh, apparently. Um, he plays a role on Game of Thrones currently. But then uh, he's also from... Uh, an episode of Doctor Who. He was in uh, Under the Lake before the flood. Every guest star is uh, was in a was in a uh, Doctor Who episode. But you know, well, I feel like that's that could... got. Oh, that's what. I, oh, I was just gonna say. I feel like that could be said about like seventy five percent of uh, any British actors, though. Yeah, well, but that's yeah. the thing is like I that's totally true. But then someone like Mark uh, has never been in Doctor Who, and that's bizarre to me. <laughs> so I don't know um, What were you going to say Nick? I was going to say that every single one of the episodes That we've talked about today is not only An episode of Doctor Who it's an episode of Doctor Who That Scott and I talk about with Cassandra Fredrickson on the Doctor's Companion And you can download that <laughs> right now Wherever you get your podcasts It's true um, Nice plug 
so twiglets make uh, make Tim violent. <laughs> yes, um, yeah. Which is interesting. Twiglets apparently, from what I can tell, they're basically like wheat pretzels. Um, oh. Like, you know, pretzels are made of rice, but these are like wheat pretzels and they're uh, twiglets, basically. And they make Tim violent for some reason. Oh, the noise Tim makes whenever someone startles him in this episode is amazing. What does he yell uh-huh. out? Like, hey? Uh, I don't know. He yeah. yells out something. Yeah, I don't know. I think yeah. so. It's like, hey. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That sounds about right. Um, And then uh, we sort of wrap up the episode with Daisy realizing that she can take all of this, uh, this situation with the, with the interview and the embarrassment of that and her conversation with Hoover and pretentious people and sort of make a satire of it by doing her own pretentious performance art piece. Uh, which I assume is entitled Rabbits, Rabbits, Rabbits. Um, <laughs> You'd hope so. Yeah. And this scene, of course, the day that they were shooting this scene was the day that Ch- Channel 4, the, the channel that was going to be airing space, decided to just randomly drop in and do a spot inspection on the show. And, uh, oh. and yeah, <laughs> and they dropped in while they were filming this and, you know, with their, their lead actress with a crab on her crotch, uh, and a, and a, and a mannequin being hung in the background, just screaming rabbits, 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 rabbits. Uh, so yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I don't know how well that went, but, uh. Seemed to go okay. It aired. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I also, uh, there was a gag that I wanted to bring up from earlier because uh, the thing that I liked uh, or or, or that we've been liking to do on the show is pointing out um, jokes that get repeated in the uh, filmography of Edgar Wright. Mm. And uh, one of those is actually repeated in Shaun of the Dead. It's the joke when uh, Daisy answers the phone and says, uh, you know, Tim, it's your boyfriend. And uh, Tim's like, it's not my boyfriend. And then he answers the phone. Hey, babe, what's up? Um, <laughs> yes. And uh, that's, that joke is, is basically repeated f- verbatim uh, in Shaun of the Dead when, uh, when Ed brings, uh, brings him a pint. Now, guys, um, uh, if you'll notice really quick, you will, you will hear the sound of Scott realizing that Edgar Wright is just not that original. I'm just kidding. Well, no, he's, 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 we, that didn't happen. Ju- that didn't just happen now. I've been, we've been talking about it every episode. Um, but yeah, like, like you said, like this is the training wheels. And then he sort of like perfects the jokes and puts them in the movies that are wide released. And, uh, yeah, I get that. You know, I do want to say this is, that this Nick is Frost him does... learning. Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say Nick Frost is really good in this scene. Yeah, yes. he is. He is great in this. Scene. Yeah, he's um, just on. He's just on speed. You just get two cutaway gags to him on speed. <laughs> yeah, and then crashing. I do like uh, that he calls him Timmy. I I really like that. Timmy, <laughs> <laughs> so good. That's uh, funny. Um, but uh, yeah, I uh, I think this is a great episode. Um, I uh, I just I really like. Uh, how it sets up um, sort of like the rest of the show as far as like every episode there's sort of um, there's a situation and a gimmick 
Uh, and so like, you know, this one has the, has the vulva art thing and then the Daisy thing. And those are the two situations. And then the gimmick is the zombie thing. Uh, and I, I like that as a structure for the show. Whereas like the past two episodes have been sort of like a loose situation with gags, but it's really just like, who are these characters? Let's get Mm. to know them, Mm -hmm. um, and their relationships. And that's basically it. Uh, this is the first one that feels like a legitimate episode of spaced, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Um, so what do you guys, uh, I guess what, what, what do you guys think of this show, uh, just in general? Um, just sort of, well, here's, here's, here's one more thing I noticed watching through, uh, a producer on this was none other than Gareth Edwards. It is, it is, it is a man named Gareth Edwards, but, uh, unfortunately it is, it is, it is not, it is not the Gareth Edwards that would go on to direct. What? uh, Star Wars Rogue One. I know. I saw that. I, I, I saw that too and got really excited. And so I, I looked it up like during the first episode. Uh, what a ripoff! Oh. I know. I'm sorry. Screw you, other Gareth Edwards. I'm just kidding. You're probably a great guy. <laughs> Kids love him. That's disappointing. <laughs> oh well, that would have been a neat connection. I guess isn't that guy? That guy's not from England, right? Isn't he from like another? Which country? Star Wars he's Gareth Edwards? England. Yeah. 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 He oh is. yeah, he's English. Oh, yeah. Oh, he is. Yeah, he's English. He's, okay. he's yeah. oh boy, there's nobody more English than Star Wars Gareth Edwards. <laughs> if you oh, want to okay. talk about how English he is, we can really get into it, but he's. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess for some reason I thought like he was from wherever they shot Monster. I don't know why. Um, he's from a place called Warwickshire. Okay. So that's, that's, <laughs> that's about as English of a neighborhood as you can get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's right next to Davis Shire. I'm probably no, just no. confusing him with the District no, 9 guy being from joke. South Africa. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So what do you, what are you guys sort of like overall thoughts on spaced as a series? This is going to be the segment of the show where Rachel decides to go on like a 20 minute sort of, uh, 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 get it, Rachel. Get it. I'm into it. Let's go bring it. Uh, <laughs> show us your space no. tattoo. <laughs> I don't have a space tattoo. Oh. I have a lot of other nerdy ones, <laughs> but <laughs> no spaced. Um, I I don't know. It's something I discovered when I I was young, apparently. And just kind of getting into Shaun of the Dead and just British television in general, Mm -hmm. like Doctor Who and Black Books and everything awesome, Mm -hmm. like Red Dwarf and all that. Mm -hmm. And I was only, I was really the only one that I knew watching it so i wasn't very cool (laughs) so for me it's kind of just a this reminds me of growing up and there's a lot in it that is nerdy references especially second season there's a lot of star wars episode one hate Uh that i really (laughs) dig (laughs) but just just overall i i love it and you know Mm -hmm. nerds are awesome Mm -hmm. (laughs) we can be cool and make awesome tv and movies and a lot of these people went on to do incredible things and i like seeing that how many people started here because i think like ricky gervais is in a episode Mm -hmm. he's in the final episode actually yeah i I know john sims in there Mm -hmm. somewhere so that's interesting to me is just kind of seeing a starting point for a lot of these actors and directors Mm -hmm. Nice. 
And that was my rant. Yeah. That, that very, was a very rant. peaceful rant. <laughs> Success. <laughs> yeah, no, Rachel Rachel is uh, certainly uh, the, the biggest fan of Spaced out of us. Um, like I said, I've, I've only seen like maybe two or three episodes total. Uh, every time I watch it, I... I definitely laugh and and it uh, it tickles my funny bone quite a bit, um, but I'm also instantly reminded how dated this show is uh, today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because it was only like, I mean, that was only what thirteen years ago. Sure, it's not that old. It's not, it's not that old, <laughs> but I mean, in terms of like, if you look at the evolution, especially in the realm of television, in in the span of you know that let's see about fifteen years now. Uh, I mean, well, no, it, was, I, it was eighteen years ago. This was ninety nine. Oh, this was 99. So why did I think it was 2004? Well, that's anyway, what we whatever. saw. It. Yeah. That's, that's, oh, okay. yeah, that, that's oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah 99 it, makes a little bit more it, sense. Yeah, it's a lot. Older. And so it's just <laughs> Oh, right, cuz it was a year after Phantom Menace. Yeah. So. Like and and yeah. so some of the some yeah. of the like the the filmmaking sort of methods and like the weird ways that they shoot and uh terrible lighting, like the it's it, it, it's just like those things that'll kind of pull me out of it just enough to make me not take the deep dive and watch it. Um but it's a it's definitely a series that I'm fond of whenever I do watch it because there's a lot of funny moments and obviously everybody in it would go on to do things that I love. Um, but I, I don't know I've never quite had like a super emotional attachment to it. Hmm. Beef up those emotions, Jay. <laughs> Every ex girlfriend I've ever had has told me to do that. Oh, uh, uh, um. <laughs> I like the uh, the specificity of ex girlfriend. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I think I'm on. I, I, you know, I, I I remember watching the show back in. I'm gonna say 2004. was probably when I watched it. Uh, and I did really enjoy the Star Wars prequel hate because I felt the same way. <laughs> but uh, no, I never I never really plugged into it either. But I also have uh, I also have a overwhelming. What would you guys call it? What's my What's my? Uh, I, I hide from sitcoms. I don't like sitcoms. Aversion. Mm. Aversion, thank you. Yes, I have an aversion generally to sitcoms, and I never really—I just don't have the patience for them. So, uh, yeah, he doesn't have to, the that, patience to sit through those long twenty-minute episodes and except for follow those you know, overarching plot lines. And <laughs> no, no, I don't. I've never seen an episode of Law and Order. Hmm. There you go. Neither have I. Me neither. Hey, let's let's start a guys. Let's do a <laughs> podcast about Law and Order. Uh, but I like your I like where you were going before. <laughs> do a do a podcast of Law and Order with the sound off and try to figure out. Yeah, what's going I, on. I, did I, yeah. That, I posted about that. It's honestly a dream of mine to either like Law and Order or like Boston Legal or some dumb show like that that's heavily serialized, uh, and do a podcast talking about the show, but only watching like watching it with no sound, no captions, and just trying <laughs> to piece together what's happening. And now that I'm putting that out there, it's probably going to get stolen by somebody else. But that's fine. Just you know, mm-hmm. give me all the royalty checks you. Ever I think have. it would be I, I as much fun as like something like Boston Legal or whatever. I think at a certain point you would be, uh, it would be difficult to do because they would be doing legal stuff, and you'd be like legal stuff, and that would only be funny like three times. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. and then eventually, Scott, yeah. You but, you underestimate the amount of uh, the amount of thought that I can put into people doing legal stuff. Well, but I think if you did that with a show like Beverly Hills 90210 or <laughs> something like that, that I think would be a very special or, thing. Oh, uh, maybe. Maybe like a reality show, like uh, like the Real World or something like that. That'd be a fun <laughs> one to do. No, you you should just have the video of Boston Legal, but read the scripts for Law and Order. <laughs> oh, there we go. It. I like it. 
<laughs> but then you got to get everyone on the time codes, and that's just a whole. Uh, that's more. That's more for the creator uh, than the listener at that point. I would love to get like you know how you look at a photo of like a Law and Order episode from 1998, and it's like Mark Ruffalo or like. Generally, <laughs> uh, you know, like all these great act, all these great character actors. I would, I would love to like host something at like a live, like a small theater where they go up and do their scenes again with like the scripts. Oh, that'd be fantastic! Yeah, absolutely. A lot um, of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, why don't you guys uh, talk about the Savage Land? Uh, oh boy, yeah. Savage Land. Tell that, us all that about old it. show, that thing—it's a sinking ship. We're just—we're—we're we're all just waiting to jump <laughs> off. Um, no, I'm kidding. I already jumped off. And I didn't tell you guys. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, it's gonna be awkward tomorrow. The Savage Land is our uh, is our comic book podcast. Um, we are all uh, unabashed uh, comic book uh, nerds, and we've been doing it. Let's see, we're going on. Uh, I don't know. When, when is this episode coming out? Uh, one sixteen. This will be August twenty second. August twenty second. Okay, so we by August twenty second we will be over. I think like one twenty five or something like that. Uh, so we've been going for I don't know three years almost. Uh, and we most most of our episodes lately have been interviews with comic book creators. Uh, so the episode that will have come out uh, as you are listening to this, one of the most recent episodes, will be with uh, Tim Seeley, who is the current writer of Nightwing. Uh, as well as revival and a bunch of other comics, um, and that's that's basically like half of our sh- our episodes are us interviewing creators, uh, and then the other half of it is me, Matt, and Rachel just talking a bunch of sh- like you know whatever comics we're reading. Uh, we're starting a new segment called the issue of the week, where each week we kind of take a single you know twenty thirty page whatever issue of a comic book and talk about it as it stands on its own rather than. Uh, in the overall story. So look at how, you know, the serialized nature of comic books, how effectively it's being used in different uh, cases for that 20-page format. Um, so I don't know. It's 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 just us discussing a bunch of comics and having fun. And sometimes we talk about uh, animal penises or uh, human centipede. <laughs> uh, or yeah, even... It's- <laughs> It's, That'll bring him in, Jason. Good job. <laughs> yeah, good sell. It's, it's uh, it is, it is, it is a way more chill show than uh, Jason is making it sound. Because um, uh, it, it is, it's, it's like hanging out with three people you can't talk to. Um, yeah. And uh, <laughs> so that sounds like you're fun. Um, but it's, yeah, it's. I only listen to two comic book podcasts, and it's I fanboy and your guys' show. Uh, so. We did take go. that, even Josh Flanagan. F- even though we made fun of you? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I listen. I have to make sure that yeah. it's... Uh, yeah, you yeah. got to vet the, the yeah. fanboy guys. Yeah. I know who Scott is. <laughs> no. Yeah, fair enough. No, uh, no. And I've, I've spoken to them on s- more occasions than I've spoken directly to you guys, uh, and they don't remember me. How so dare you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I love doing this. I mean, like it's, we're about to do our, our post comic con episode, uh, which will probably turn into two episodes. And I'm sure that that's just going to be a bunch of hilarity. Uh, we had actually our, my favorite episode we've ever done was our April fool's episode last year. That was a blast. You guys want to tell them, just give them a little tease, uh, if they want to go and check out the April fool's episode. Sure. Uh, so this is gonna. I'm gonna. I'm, this is gonna go all the way to the top here. But the so the Star Wars minute, going back to minute by minutes, uh, do a do a April Fool's episode where they do sort of uh, 
you know, Deep Blue Sea Minute or uh, Spaceballs Minute, mm-hmm. uh, uh, which I always thought was funny. So we did a we did an April Fool's where I thought it'd be funny if we did the entire episode talking about all the movie trailers that we were super excited for in an alternative universe where nothing was the same. So we, but it was all sort of. We the same. made up an so entire landscape of, of movies and trailers and heroes and like, oh, like nice. just as if like basically we invented a new Marvel universe and a new DC universe. Uh, and so some of the characters featured were one for the books woman, um, <laughs> <laughs> there were, who came from the island of Overstock, by the way. Um, mm. Uh, was she a librarian? Uh, <laughs> get it, no, get it like Amazon no, overstock.com Amazon or the island Amazon. of Amazons. Amazon. Amazon. We were reaching, guys. We were reaching. Yeah, we were, um, it was yeah. all on the spot. We had no script. No, yeah. No. It's yeah, pretty great. No script. It's, it's pretty dumb, but it's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to, oh, I don't know what episode that is. And who is like stirring a drink right now right into their mic? Oh, it's, the, uh, it's the cat butler that I have. Oh, I was like, I was like, like there's like a whiskey stir going on in my ears or something. All right, wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. So it's time everything needs everything needs to everything needs to stop for a sec. Cat butler. Yeah, I have a cat, I have a cat butler. No, I don't know what a cat butler is, but it is it like a litter maid? What's a is what's it a like a cat maid? that comes around? Yeah, <laughs> I know. I think it's literally a cat who just brought him a drink. Um, yeah, that's what I yeah. think too. Yeah. It's it, does it have a nice little tux on? And mm-hmm. uh, he's a, he's a Maine Coon. Cockney accent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maine Coons are huge. That's like a full size butler. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Full size butler. New uh, new podcast from Nick Menes. Full size butler. <laughs> that's the new uh, sitcom. That's the new sitcom that you're gonna do uh, a podcast about without the sound on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Full size butler resurrection. Um, directed by Roland Emmerich. Uh, but no, so uh, uh, tying it back in. So you know, you you, you know, it, you can find us the Savage Land at uh, Savage Land Podcast on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, sorry, Instagram and Facebook and Savage Land Pod on Twitter. You can uh, you can you can write to us and tell us how how bad we are at doing the Cornetto Minute at uh, <laughs> letters at Savage Land Podcast dot com. <laughs> did I miss any? Did I miss uh, one? No, I think uh, you. Uh, I think you nailed it. Yeah, um, I, think you got I did it. it. I did it. I get it. I was, I was, I was going to mention job. really quick. The April Fool's episode is episode forty-seven, titled "Bergen Berg Berg Berg," <laughs> who is the analog yep. for Steven Spielberg in our fake universe. Um, oh. But uh, yeah, and then if you want to jump on the show, uh, we recommend just starting just before episode one hundred. Uh, we've got a little new listeners episode because pretty much everything before that is just garbage. I'm just kidding. Hmm. It was our training wheels. It was our training. It was our training yeah. wheels. That was our that was our space. Yeah, yes. mm-hmm. it took a hundred episodes before we finally figured out how to do it. But yeah, it's half of our episodes are us fucking around. Can I say that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Too late now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, half of them is is just us messing around talking about whatever, and then the other half is us interviewing creators, and it's fun. Yeah, and we also if you if you are an enormously patient human being, and if you have uh, slight masochistic tendencies. And if you also happen to like zombies, we did do the entirety of Night of the Living Dead minute by minute. Mm-hmm. Um, it was rough. Uh, we did have some fantastic episodes. One with uh, our, fr- our good friend Scott here. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick was too cool for us. Uh, that was back. That was back during the period where no one was asking me. Oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that that is up on iTunes. You can you can listen to that whole series and uh, uh, tr- maybe try it. I, I don't know. Yeah. 
there's there's some good stuff. There's some in good. There. There's like a handful Here, of gems. Here's the in thing. Them, I amidst a lot of us complaining about how hard. I it was. applaud you too <laughs> for being able to do as many minute by minute podcasts as you've been able to. Uh, it's like hats off because we got to 96 minutes of uh, of Night of the Living Dead and we were like, all right, closing the doors. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, you guys could have picked a better movie to start with. Um, it was the uh, best movie I, I said when we started. <laughs> <laughs> It, it came down to a coin toss. There was this one and one other one that's much more modern, uh, and uh, we won't name it. Someone else is doing it already. Actually, it doesn't matter. Someone else is doing it. It was Iron Man. Uh, that um, was I was I was going for Iron Man, and they were they were real hard on on the Living Dead minute. Well, to be fair, to to be fair, if we would have, I mean, and it's not off the books yet, but it's probably off the books. But uh, <laughs> we have a se- uh, we have a fantastic sequel that we could do, and then a third movie that's. Interesting. Fun. Flawed. Yeah. Has a lot of stuff to talk about for sure. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. If, if there was ever overwhelming demand, uh, then we might come back to do more uh, living. Because Dawn of the Dead would probably end up being pretty fun. That's a pretty good divert, like movie. It doesn't yeah. have... It doesn't have 45 minutes of a character staring at a, a wall playing with a doily, <laughs> not saying yeah. anything. True. But and we did want to mention as well, since we no longer, uh, since this happened since we stopped doing the podcast. But obviously, you know, rest in peace to George Romero, who basically invented the of modern course. zombie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I mean, you know, we wouldn't be doing this show. Edgar Wright wouldn't really, you know, have a career uh, if it wasn't for George Romero. Because without him, Shaun of the Dead wouldn't exist. This episode wouldn't exist. Um, I mean, yeah, without without crazy. George Romero, we don't get Edgar Wright. We don't get uh, Zack Snyder. We don't. Well, that that could be a good thing. Uh, we don't get Peter James Jackson. Gunn. Ooh, we don't get Peter Jackson. Uh, we don't Raimi. get Robert Kirkman, Sam Raimi. Like, I mean, there's there's so many people who are like who have defined the 21st century of entertainment that don't happen without Carl Hardman. Carl Hardman. We don't get the great Carl Hardman. <laughs> um, Listen to the uh, Night of the Living Dead podcast to uh, <laughs> learn oh about Carl Hardman. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, it's it's he, you know, he he ushered in the 21st century by inspiring an entire generation of filmmakers, you know, between George Romero and George Lucas. Uh, I, I mean, that I feel like accounts for mm-hmm. the vast majority of, yeah. of filmmaking influences. And the fact that, you know, to his final days, he he, the, he that he kept that indie spirit inside of him alive with such ferocity and such just just a utter lack of even wanting to compromise what he wanted to, the work he wanted to be doing was just so, so inspiring through the years. Absolutely. Yeah. How many, um, how many zombie films did he end up doing ultimately? Oh my God. So many. I think, uh, I think wait, he did night, I think there's night, six. dawn, day, land, diary, survival. I think, yep. I think that's all of them. Well, yeah. he was also, and then he wrote that Marvel, uh, comic series, yeah. uh, empire with the, just with the vampires. Empire. Yeah. Empire, that it's which is okay, actually. It's not, oh, no, no, it's not, it's not horrible at all. It's, it's actually, uh, really, I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was, to be mm-hmm. honest. No, absolutely, and it's also yeah. beautifully yeah. illustrated. I mean, like, it, it was oh, Alex yeah. Maleev. I mean, on it. yeah, Maleev. I mean, come on, uh, um, shout out to Creep Show. Mm, hell yeah, mm-hmm. did he end up finishing Empire? Yeah, did he get- did. Okay, all right. Yeah. I didn't finish reading it, so I need to go back and finish reading that. Yeah, and it's also, I mean, it's hard to find in collections sometimes. Like, they haven't necessarily kept up on that one as well as uh, they well, might I have. have. Uh, I have Marvel Unlimited. It's probably on that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, look at you. Yeah. <laughs> what are you, what are you talking about, look at me? You have the password, too. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I have it, too. I mean, everyone's got yeah. it. Come on, guys. It's, uh, 
It's a it's yeah. it's a it's a show write off. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, Kev, it's Kevin Feige rocks with an X. <laughs> oh wow! <Yeah. laughs> I, I I forgot there was also there was one last zombie film George Romero did in two thousand nine. Uh, he writ, wrote and directed it called Survival of the Dead. Uh, yeah, Nick mentioned or, that. Oh, one. did you mention that one? Okay, for some yeah, reason, yeah, that's fine. I talk really fast. <laughs> um all right well thanks for joining us guys uh we will be back in a i guess a few days uh next week sometime what am i trying to think what day of the week this is airing on i guess this is yeah in a couple of days i don't know i can't look at my schedule right (laughs) um but uh we'll be back in a few days to talk about uh episode four battles uh we'll talk to you then Bye. Bye. bye It's not finished. It's finished.